Shut up and sit down. Yesterday we used to rock the show I laced the track, you locked the flow So far from hanging on the block of dough Notorious, they got to know that Life ain't always what it seemed to be Words can't express what you mean to me Even though you're gone, we still a team Through your family, I fulfill your dreams In the future, can't wait to see If you open up the gates for me Reminisce sometime The night they took my friend Try to black it out, but it plays again When it's real, feelings hard to conceal Can't imagine all the pain I feel Give anything to hear half your breath I know you're still living your life after death Hi, and welcome back to the Dialed Podcast. I am Jake Von Deering, and per usual, I'm here with Matt Legrand. Hey, guys. How's it going? And Evan Price. How's it going? And we've got Lance on Skype today. And uh, Lance, are you there? I'm here. Lance uh, Lance on location today. I'm in Las Vegas. <laughs> Vegas, Vegas. Vegas. Um, today is a rough one. Um, we went back and forth on whether or not we should actually even do a podcast this week, but we decided that it might be somewhat therapeutic as we lost um, one of our dear friends and teammates, uh, Michael Myers. And we wanted to come on and, and basically kind of share our thoughts today and talk about Michael and, and honor him. And um, hopefully those of you guys out there listening who knew him um, can find some solace in this as well. So um, we are going to backpedal today, but we're going to backpedal basically on remembering our friend Michael Myers. And uh, I am really curious to hear some of the great stories that you guys have to show that share that has been something that's been tremendous for me is getting to hear all of the stories from all of the other people out there and i know that our group of guys here our, our podcast team if you will all knew mike pretty well and have um spent a lot of time riding and racing with him and going to you know just hang out and do fun stuff and he's one of those guys that you can just describe him as the salt of the earth. I mean, mm-hmm. you're not going to find a guy that's much nicer or much more um, generous and giving than, than him. It's You're going to be hard-pressed. So on that note, let's remember Michael Myers. Um, Lance, mm-hmm. why don't you uh, share a story with us? You got anything? I, well, I have a dozen Michael Myers stories, but the first one is kind of, kind of interesting. Um, about the time I actually met Michael, I was um, – uh, it was during the Jack Frost time trial. I want to say this was two or three years ago. I think it was two years ago. I had gone out to do the, the Jack Frost time trial and feeling really fit and fast and got out to the race and headed out there. And um, it, it's it's an 11 or 12 mile time trial. I am 30, I'm like 15 minutes into it or something like that. And I got blown by somebody went flying around me so fast that I I thought I was doing well and I was catching people. And all of a sudden this dude just flew around me. And that was Michael Myers. (laughs) And afterwards I'm like, cause I'd been following him on Strava, but I hadn't met him before. And I'm like, dude, 
who are you? You went past me like I was standing still. And I'm like, I'm Michael Myers. I'm like, oh my gosh. So <laughs> He definitely had a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde component about yes. him. I mean, just the nicest guy that you'll ever meet. And then you get him on a bike and put him into a competition. Oh my and gosh, the beast yeah. comes he out. He was an animal on oh that. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Lance, Lance got mic'd right there. That's that. I, that that's I a mic. It's just this steady drop. You're just not catching that wheel for anything so, in you. <laughs> it, it was one of those situations where like, am I in the wrong sport? Because <laughs> that was Is he on an e-bike right now? <laughs> yeah, um, that's a good one. That was how I first met him. Yeah. How about you, Evan? Um, so in the, you know, I've, I've been out here now a little over a year and a half and, you know, there's been a few people I've gotten really close to, uh, in my time out here, obviously everybody at this table in the cycling world. And lucky enough for me, it was about a year, a little over a year ago now is when I got to meet Mike and he was somebody who just being a young person in the, you know, medical field too, like he's somebody I looked up to and asked a lot of advice from and, whether it was talking specific cycling training or how to not be a bad medical professional. Cause he was an incredible yep. one and I'm still trying to figure it out. He was, you know, I just, he, he was somebody I definitely looked up to. And, um, one of, you know, j- just like Lance, I've got a ton of stories just from the rides we've done, but the, the one to me that happened most recently was, uh, uh when I crashed a few weeks ago and, fell into you know a ditch and I still remember like you know D- Dustin um and Mike were both on that ride with me and Mike's first response was to pull over so quick and immediately jump down to the ditch and you know grab me and pull me up and pulled me up and then he chased back down the hill to get the bike which I appreciated because I was fine and I was much more concerned about the bike so <laughs> he was he was just somebody who had that natural caring spirit about him and I think I'm sure if you talk to everybody who's probably worked with him in his medical career, they would say that same thing is that somebody who works in the oncology field, you have to have that, that caring spirit about you. Cause that's not an easy field to be in. Right, and no. he's absolutely that person, but, oh yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll go around the story with, with stories here, but there's some stories I could tell about Mike dropping me so hard <laughs> that it's just, I mean, was that the crash that you had most recently with kind of, yeah. Awesome? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he was, you know, he was the one, as soon as I was trying to stand up, he's like, don't move, don't move. And he just kind of dragged yeah. me up out of the hole. So, okay. but yeah, um, just a, just an awesome guy and one such a fast bike rider. I mean, I know, right. God, we could, I, there was the, 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 the one before we pass over to matter that I'll tell too is, um, uh, on Saturday, we did a Bridge of the Gods ride that Mike had planned out, and uh, we uh, had gone up Gibson, which is a climb that he really was really strong on Gibson. There's like certain climbs that Mike just killed, and like Gibson's the type of climb that he just, you know, for it's long enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so to describe Gibson as a climb, it's steady at portions, and then it'll steepen out, flatten out, steepen out, flatten out. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, it has this little downhill segment that hits this kind of steep, steady climb right yep. after to end the climb, basically. Yep. And there was once in my head, I thought I had finally dropped Mike. I'm like, oh, thank God I've gotten away from him. And we hit this downhill. I'm like, okay, tuck in. We hit this climb and he goes by me so fast out of the <laughs> saddle for the entire remaining three minutes of this segment that I actually lose sight of him. This is only like an 800 meter climb and I lost sight of him in that 800 meters. But we were we were talking about that on Saturday, and we're like, yeah, I think that's the fastest I've ever seen anybody go up that segment. Even Lance, he beat Lance. Like I think Lance, you killed that thing once too, 
but he god he went up that so fast but yeah uh, he dropped he dropped me every time we rode up that climb yeah. together every yeah. time that was yeah. his climb every single time i do that i'll be like well but it wasn't as fast as mike did it so yeah. that was a always a fun stretch of road oh yeah like, yeah he and i we, we would trade back and forth on that over who, the course who of has that kom you or mike right now for the full gibson yeah I have it. You have so, it. Oh man! But I, I'm sure that if he went out there and he wanted to get yeah. after, because it's uh, if you do the whole thing, you're, mm-hmm. you're flying. You're about twenty, and I used it for an FTP test, and that's yeah. why I have it. I'm sure if he went out there and had done an FTP oh, test, he'd be right there. It, it, yeah, not even right there. He would have buried. He would have so, gone. Yeah, yeah. I just don't think that he did the full thing. Like it, you know. Full, the time, the time we went up, but if he would have full blast, I think I'm sure he. That, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody go up a yeah. steep grade like that that fast. Yeah. He was one of those guys too that would intentionally like. Sometimes he was like when you're playing, going back and forth and taking segments from each other. That's fine. But when he sees a like a solid effort out there, like he he would be the kind of guy that would pull up like you know. 100 meters before the the finish and just let you keep it knowing in the back of his head i got him yeah. so that's just the kind of guy mike was so mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. how about you matt yeah <clears throat> so um definitely amazing person it's um i think it's been hard on our our community for sure um to to deal with his passing um last time i rode with him i think was mm-hmm. the it's been a couple it's been a little while the mm-hmm. um I guess Ventucky hustle or whatever we're calling yeah. that ride. Yeah. Oh, it's like oh maybe God. Couple, I forgot about that. A couple one weeks ago. Was, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, of course I was late cause I was swimming before or something yeah. like that. And I was like, Oh, I'll go catch up to you guys or oh, whatever. I this. And <laughs> I came, yeah. Um, I came up and I, I kind of was like, I knew the group would come up on my, on my back or whatever. And I think you guys were kind of on your like second of three laps or second yeah. of four laps or something like Mike that. Mike was on the front at that point. That's, too. that's yep. my point yep. is, uh, <laughs> is I was riding and I was kind of, you know, going, not super fast or whatever, but, but decent. And, uh, he caught me first and he was clearly in a breakaway from the group. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, like that's, I mean, it's obviously he's a super strong athlete or was a super strong athlete. And it's just like, you see like, okay, he's, he's broken away from this group. I know he's hurting. And I'm like, you don't have to talk to me. You don't have to, you know, like yeah. trying to be like, keep going, keep going, you know, kind of like yeah. cheering. Right. You know, cause I'm a, as big of a fan as anything else. And, uh, and he's like, Oh, Hey Matt, how's it going? Like, and I'm like, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he's like 180 beats a minute and still able to introduce himself. I and know say, hey. <laughs> like he was just so genuinely excited to see me out on the road or whatever it was. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he knew I was going to join the group or whatever, but of course I like tried to hop on the back of the group and I hung for a little while and then I got dropped from the entire group. Obviously I can't, um, one of the reasons I, I will have less stories of riding with Mike is because he was so fast that I just <laughs> literally I could not, ri- I could not ride with him. Um, all of my stories are just looking at his wheel. So oh. that's basically all it is. <laughs> so just in his draft. Yeah. <laughs> having in ride stories with Michael is tough because every it time is. you would go riding with him, it's, I don't know if it was just me or if it was all of you guys. Yeah, it, it, you weren't talking; you were too busy, yeah. like trying to put oxygen back into your and body. That's, and that's you're where just I know each other. Up. I know, I know. Me and Jake have talked about that, but I mean, I I was so I I consider myself truly, truly lucky to be somebody over the last year who's gotten to ride with him a lot. And yeah, yeah. but when I say ride with him, it was mostly all right, Mike, what are we doing today? Oh, we're just going to ride tempo. Tempo in Mike's world meant I'm going to try and kill you. Yeah. And yeah. he would hammer the whole ride. You're just holding on to his wheel, hoping that, oh man, I hope he's not going to accelerate over this hill right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The guy was 51 years old. Yeah. And rode like he, he was he 30. He was 31. Yeah. That guy was 31. Just insanely strong and insanely fast. And yeah. Love the sport like dearly. I and mean, just such a, I mean, yeah. we, we talk about this all the time with a holery and this is where, I mean, Matt, your, your story speaks to that is right. 
there's plenty of guys with that. I mean, oh, plenty of guys are as fast as Mike out there say, in this country. Well, but, it's just like the majority of people in the same situation. You're in a breakaway yeah. from. I mean, you guys are going race pace. Yeah. There, right. You don't stop and say, hey, Matt. No, I mean, yeah. he didn't stop. But I mean, like, you don't yeah. say like, oh, hey, man. He took his going? head like, up from the road. And, head up from the yeah. road. Like, acknowledge. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Good to see you. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, keep you, going. Keep going. You, you know, know like, I know elite cyclists would just keep their head down sure. and pretend like you were well, didn't even exist. Even yeah. most of us. Right. Where oh, it's yeah. just like, yeah, you're we know you're going hard. Like, he, you know, I like if you did that and you kept rolling, I would have no problem. Like, go, go, go. Like, you're yeah. you're in a breakaway. Yeah. You know, this is just a situation was just like he's just he's just yeah. such an amazing person. Like, you know, it's it's yeah, it's such a tough situation. He just genuinely enjoyed I mean, we, we all love bike riding, but Mike genuinely enjoyed riding his bike hard. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. let's be honest, most of us don't, like, don't really like riding our bike really hard. Like, we like being out on the rides, but, like, nobody likes hanging in zone four for that long. Yeah. I think Mike <laughs> truly enjoyed, like, hurting on the bike like yeah. that. And that's, that to me is, like, inspiration. I mean, that that's truly inspirational. Yeah. It really is. But, yeah. He um he really did use cycling quite a bit to keep him like level. I mean that mm-hmm. was like his uh, the catalyst to, to get him back to normalcy. I mean his his work life and the demands that were placed yeah. upon him from his work life and the hours that he was working and then having to deal with like, potentially losing patients yep. that are like you know yep. like become your friends that you worked with. I mean that that that's a strain on you. And he it always is. told me that you know cycling was his outlet. That's what kept him normal. That's what kept him balanced and sane. Mm-hmm. And I think that that whole going out there and just killing it was like the icing on the cake for him that really just brought him down and then he would yeah. come home from his rides and it's like all about his wife and his boys and yeah. you know it's just my heart aches for them but yeah. i mean that was a good thing for him and his family and his work life it was the the thing that kept him sane yeah yeah yeah, yeah i mean you have a person that just genuinely cares that much about people and you i mean his profession was you know he, he dealt that's with one of the most stressful he dealt with I mean, loss. oncology field yeah. is, he dealt yeah, with loss on a weekly basis i know and in in you know jake can talk to this but like he was affected absolutely when you know when he had a rough week yeah um it's just i mean gosh it, there's not that many good people on this planet and yeah. it's it's really it's really tough and so, i'd get that yeah. call and, and that's another thing that kind of just really i'm saddened by the fact that i over the last five months mm-hmm. i haven't had the pleasure to ride with him because I haven't yeah. been able to get on yeah. the bike and it just drives me absolutely crazy because yeah. he and I would ride together consistently at least mm-hmm. once a week. I mean, we'd yeah. always try and find and time to plug right down the street other. from you. Yeah, and, and we did all of the weekend rides together. And like when the summer, or when it was summertime and it was nice out, it, we were riding together all the time and we loved to punish each other. And I just, I, I miss that. And mm-hmm. then now he's gone and I don't get to ever like share that with him again. And that just, it breaks my heart. Yeah. So and I think, I mean, just, just going back to that, that caring spirit of Mike, there was, um, we had done, if everybody remembers the ride we did back and I want to say it was February. It was one of the first rides we did as like a big team yeah, group yeah. and went out there and hammered and yep. it's like a group of eight at the end. And of course, Mike's like tearing yeah. everybody's legs off at the end. Yeah. And we tacked on a few miles at the end. Uh-huh. Um, cause he, he wanted to hit a hundred and I was like, you know, sure. Just cause I loved talking yeah. to Mike after yeah. rides. I just did. And we were riding back and this was around the time when I was, kind of formulating a plan with some friends of mine to open up a clinic here in the next couple of years. Yeah. And we were hashing out a lot of those details and I was kind of just talking to him about that, like what that means in the medical world, you know, from his perspective. And he kind of told me something that, you know, I'll, I'll share and definitely some that I kind of latch on to advice, advice from him on just being in the medical profession. He told me as soon as it becomes only about the money, Evan, make sure that you don't treat anymore. 
and that was kind of big for me to because I got so in the woods with and I know Lance you're, you're listening to this and probably agree and and can can relate to that advice because I gotten so in the woods about talking about square footage prices and the price yeah, of a right. chiropractic table and what kettlebells cost and I think he had kind of seen to me that that was where my thought process was and he still knew I was young at you know as a physical therapist that I need to be more focused on actually caring for the people which yeah, he did on a patient care yeah and that's what he does on a daily basis is deal you know treat people in the darkest times of their life so you know I I had a bit of a a, a unique position where I, I was also involved with him professionally and not mm-hmm. just cycling. Um, he, he actually, my, my father-in-law came down with cancer, um, about a year and a half ago and that he, my father-in-law actually didn't survive his cancer. And during that process, um, Michael wasn't our assigned oncologist here in Vancouver, Washington, mm-hmm. but, um, when when I knew when my father lined up in the hospital and we knew that it was kind of an end of life transition thing, I was able to get in touch with Michael. And from the moment that I got in touch with Michael, he dropped a lot of what he was doing and went straight to my father-in-law's room, introduced himself to uh, my my mother-in-law, my my brother-in-laws, my wife. And from then on, he went and checked on them every single day just his caring, loving attitude. We were able to get a lot more personal information because I had, I had a personal relationship with Michael and he, he made that whole death process of my father-in-law just much more bearable and human. Mm-hmm. And that was, I mean, I'll f- forever be grateful for that. And, mm-hmm. you know, that, that he helped my family out so much and it wasn't just about tearing my legs off every weekend. It was also personally there. So I was happy that I was able to see him in his work life as well and how he dealt with people and how he, uh, connected with people. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think if there's, if there's anything that, that people who knew him well on both sides of the cycling end, professional side that can share with you know his kids who maybe didn't get to see those two parts of him as well is that their their father was somebody who touched a lot of people I think in the last couple days I've heard this already multiple times from people saying oh you know I only met Mike like once or twice but it's such a sad event still because he was a big presence in just the community in this region period cycling and everything else aside just as a person he was a big presence in this community yeah he had this innate characteristic about himself that was in- incredible to me but he always knew when to reach out and touch base with you it's like he he just had mm-hmm. this like sixth sense about him to know like what was going on in your life and when mm-hmm. you needed like a little pick-me-up or you need a little bit of encouragement or somebody just to check in on you or you know a little bit of affirmation of like a hard job or hard work effort that you put in he always would like either for me would show up in my house, like knock on the door, like, Hey, 
get some time to talk or he would shoot me a text or, you know, give me a call or there's a, like a little Strava notification. And it's just like, how do you, how do you know this man? It's just yeah. like, and it wasn't just me. And, and it's like, you know, don't think you're special, Jake. It was everybody. Every and so many yeah. people yeah. have come to me and said the same thing. It's like, he just was always there for me. He was always caring. And then I start to ask myself a question. I'm like, man, am I just a jerk? And I don't have that, that gene in me. Am I not reaching out to people enough? I'm like, all right, we're going to fall into this whole category now of, you know, what would Michael do? And I know yeah. that that sounds a little cliche and whatnot, but that's kind of been governing me since we knew that he was gone. Like yeah. the decisions that I'm making, I'm like, he, he's gone. Like, all right, what would Michael do if the roles were reversed? And, mm-hmm. and I'm going to carry that with me for, for forever. Yeah. I mean, the guy was such a positive influence on me and some of the other people. I want, I want to be like Mike. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think, you know, and we'll, we'll address this too, because I know, I know, Matt Matt brought this up today and I think I've heard I've heard a couple people the last couple of days bring this up that after something like this it's it, it is hard to get back on the bike I think and that's that's something we can definitely definitely talk about but at least when we went um on our ride Saturday you know we we were you know it was less than 48 hours after and you know it was at, at that time you're like do you get on the bike do you not get on the bike I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to that at all but yeah. but well, we, we we had Dustin made a good point. He made a funny point there saying, I think Mike would be pissed at us if we didn't do it. Oh, today. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that was, that was, that what was, was coming point. for me next. Because we were like, we're like, well, we were supposed to do four hours today yeah. and they were supposed to be hard efforts. Mike yeah. would be pissed if I didn't yeah. do that. We'll so. get back to sharing a few stories about Michael here in just a second. But just for those of you listening along that maybe didn't know Mike or didn't know anything about the situation, knew Michael mm-hmm. and, and still don't have all of the specific details. He mm-hmm. was not hit by a car. It was yeah. um, uh, just a, a super unfortunate bicycle accident, and we just don't have all the details as to exactly how it happened. Mm-hmm. We just know what happened, yeah. and it's um, yeah. at, at this point in time, it's nobody's fault. It's just one of those things that happened. We've all had like little spills and whatnot, and mm-hmm. his just unfortunately was catastrophic. So, yeah. yes. Yeah. Any so, other? Yeah. Go so ahead. losing control on a downhill. Yeah. We think and. Yeah. I mean, so to, mm-hmm. to speak to, you know, feeling confident going back out on the road, I think yeah. all of us are shaken. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and there's no right or wrong answer to when to or not to. It's yeah. just, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's absolutely. I, yeah, I think, um, you know, Evan, you don't have kids and things like that. Yeah. And it's, yeah. you know, to know his kids are close to my age, you can just, it's so hard to go back out on the road when you, when you relate to his family so, so much and Jake, Mm -hmm. you probably feel the same way where you're just like, Oh my gosh, I relate to his family so tightly and just feel for his family so much. It's, it's Mm -hmm. really distressing. Yeah. It's, you know, his wife is about the same age as my wife. His two, two of his kids are like the same age as two of my kids and to, to watch what they're going through right now and just that utter like chasm, that void that that's now left in their hearts it breaks yours. It really does. And you want to do everything you can to help them, but it's never going to be enough. So mm-hmm. it's just super sad. And it does make yeah. you question, like, is it worth it to go out and ride a bicycle? Yeah. And, Absolutely. Um, you know, we're on a cycling podcast here and we're, we're questioning the thing that we love. And, right. you know, we just talked last week, 101 benefits to cycling or 101 yeah. things we love sure. about cycling. Right. It's just like, and we talk about that all the time. Yeah. 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 And we all, we all love cycling so much. And my big thing is like, I love my family so much more and I can, there's things that I can do. I can go stay inside in Zwift and I, it sound, this sounds horrible, but it's like, 
you know, um, for a long time I was just thinking that he got hit by a car and the car ran off and I'm just, I just did not feel safe going out and biking. Yeah. Yeah. And I still feel unsafe going out biking every day. Like Jake, you know, had this horrific accident. Like we all have been through a lot of near misses with cars and things like that. And mm -hmm. uh, it, you know, I definitely am, am shaken up and yeah. Yeah. I am not yeah. feeling like I want to go, you know, bike out by yeah. myself or, yeah. So um, yeah, I, I, I can kind of tell a, a story related to this with this, this week, because I, I had a bit of a, a unique experience. I mean, I, I was in Bend uh, when this all happened. Um, I'm I'm off screwing around, you know. I'm driving across the country and I'm just cycling in different places and seeing cool stuff and visiting some friends and visiting some family. And I happened to be in Bend when uh, this happened with Mike. And of course, like everybody else, I was just devastated. You know, I laid in my hotel room that night and stared at the ceiling and cried a lot and questioned whether I should even get on a bike again after, after yeah. hearing this. Yeah. And the next morning when I woke up, I, I actually didn't want to ride. And so I went for a hike instead yeah. mm -hmm. and I went for like a seven mile hike and it took me two and a half hours or something like that. And I just ended that hike with more questions than answers and decided, no, I, I need to get back on my bike. Yeah. I think Mike would want me to get back on my bike. And so, um, I drove from Bend down to Crater Lake National Park mm -hmm. and, uh, Crater Lake National Park is a super popular, gorgeous spot in the Pacific Northwest. There is a 33 mile, um, road that loops around Crater Lake <clears throat> and people cycle it all the time, but it's usually very popular and it's, there's not much of a shoulder. And so cars are always an issue, but I knew at this time of year that most of the road is closed to cars because there's snow problems. Cause it's at like seven or 8,000 feet in elevation. Yeah. That's what I there. But, um, when I got there, I, I pulled into the park and there in a parking lot that usually has hundreds of cars, there were like four cars. There was nobody there. And I geared up, I got on my bike, I started riding around the rim and for the next 33 miles and 4,000 feet of elevation gain, I, I didn't see a single car. I didn't see a single other person. I just had this whole beautiful national park all to myself and i was riding at sunset there it was one of the most beautiful things that i have witnessed to be over crater lake with this beautiful thing and, and the way that i was personally suffering trying to deal with what this you know losing mike and what it meant to me and what it meant to my teammates and what it meant to his family and and it, it made me just have a lot of questions, but I think, I think my, my heavenly father, and I don't want to get really religious here, but I knew my heavenly father knew that I was suffering and knew that he wanted to comfort me and wanted to bring me some peace that there will be some good that comes out of this. And we don't know what that good will be, whether 
and and what that means or when that will actually happen but but he was bringing me i felt strongly that giving me that opportunity to gather my thoughts and witness something so beautiful and to be in a place that wasn't crowded with other people and and i could just soak that all in it was um um, a pretty surreal and powerful moment for me to know that my heavenly father loves me and he cares about me personally and that there is a plan in place for all of us and we just don't know what that plan is and how it works even though we have lots of questions why mm-hmm. so yeah that's that a- that was kind of a powerful moment for me last week and it helped me realize that okay, yeah, being on a bike is an important part of my life. And um, I think it's helped other people. And I, I need to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. And I yep. think Mike would want me to keep doing that. And so uh, n- not to say it's not hard or difficult, because I, you know, just like what Matt said, it just makes you question whether I should get it back on my bike. But yeah, I did. And I'm, I'm glad yeah. I did. No, I mean, those we've all had the those. I mean, it's just it's it's nice. I feel like that's such a nice experience for you to have after such a tragic experience. I'm really glad that you you know that that happened in your situation and just felt you know helps you get some sort of I don't know um, not closure but just some sort of feeling of like meaning. It's it's really nice that that, that yeah. happened. I'm glad yeah, that, yeah. that situation happened for you. Yep. Yeah. Man, it's just tough to talk about this. Yeah. I miss the guy. I want him to come back. I just, it is. He had so much positivity about him, so Mm -hmm. much to give back still, and so much like just vibrant life left in him. Um, It's, I mean, he had just started a a new job he was super excited about, and he had this like killer like work schedule that he had set up that he was just beside himself with. He was going to be out working the Tri Cities area in, in Kennewick, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Had like a, a, a little work apartment out there and he would drive out on, you know, Sunday evening. He worked Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and he'd drive home, I think it was like Wednesday after work. And mm-hmm. then it was a three hour commute. But then he had four day blocks and he was beside himself excited about the fact that he could, you know, train and spend time with his wife and his boys and just have yeah. th- these, these blocks of time that he hasn't had for eons. I mean, when he was here working in the Vancouver area, I mean, he was constantly on call and he was constantly getting Mm -hmm. called in and he was pretty high level within the oncology department there. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think he was the the chief of staff, if I'm not mistaken, for the oncology department. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it was Peace Health was their physician of the year a year or two ago. I mean, yeah. the guy was just like big super, medical network. Yeah, exactly. Too. Very big medical network. And so beloved. And mm-hmm. he had just done his first week of, mm-hmm. of working out yeah. there at the new job. And he got home and he was super excited. He's like, I got four days off. I'm going to go ride my bike. And he had spent, um, it was like a week or two prior. He'd spent like four days in San Diego at the wind mm-hmm. tunnel doing wind yeah, tunnel right. testing. Yes. I it was like now. Yeah. a major bucket list thing for him. Yeah. yeah I went down there and got yeah. to spend hours in there with his coach and with all the technicians. And they just, they, they kind of redefined his position for him. He was like kind of blown away at the changes that they made. And yeah. they found something that was a more comfortable and B it was faster for him. So yeah. he was super excited to get back to training. And this was his first yeah. ride back and it was a beautiful day out. It was literally, it was a beautiful day. It was, it was. like was. bright blue skies. Good. Yeah. Temperature wasn't too bad, and he's you know going to go out and ride my TT bike and um, yeah. made it about yeah. a half mile from home. So, 
Yeah. You know, I, I have a funny story about Michael going to Tri-Cities. I, you know, I was I, – I, last week on the podcast, I talked about going to Pullman, Washington to – um, for my, for my uh, daughter and my weekend. wife and I actually stopped in the Tri-Cities for a night and I went for a ride. And during that ride, Michael had texted me saying, Hey, we're going to ride. He was inviting me to a group ride that weekend. And I said, Hey, sorry, I can't. I'm, I'm in Kennewick. I'm in the Tri-Cities. And his first response was, don't you steal any of my KOM. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they were so, they were out doing I think the Crown Point ride that day, Lance, wasn't it? They yeah, were running over the Oregon side. The yeah. Day, yeah. 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 That's and you know, I mean it's with with that story about him going to that San Diego wind tunnel too, it's it's he was I mean, absolutely putting himself into position this season to be somebody who could put down probably a competitive time at national T T. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like absolutely, yeah, I mean, yeah, not we're not only, talking about somebody who's regionally fast. You're like Mike was a nationally fast yeah, time trialist yeah. and uh, that road racing too. I mean, he yeah, had it yeah, great road. Him, so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just think back to like the first ride that I ever did with him, and mm-hmm. it's like one of those things where I, I don't know if I told the story already, but um, maybe I'm talking to you so. guys earlier. But I was working. I hadn't lived here in Camas for too long, and right. I still didn't know too many people. I maybe met Matt just maybe mm-hmm. just a couple months prior, but my, my cycling network wasn't vast by any means at all. I, I had a handful of people. And so a lot of the rides I was doing was by myself. And one day I'm out tinkering on my, uh, my bike in, um, the garage. And it was just a, it was a January day. It was cold, but it was, yeah. it was nice out. And I'm like, I got to get some sunshine. So I opened up the garage door when I'm working on my bike and his wife came walking up the street and she was across the street and she looked over and knowing her husband and right. the cycling nut that he was, she just waved to me like, Hey, how are you doing? I'm like, Oh, hi, nice to see you. You know, nothing, you know, nothing beyond that. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward, like a, a, a couple of days later, I get this ping on Strava from this guy named Michael Myers. I'm like, well, that's a peculiar name. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you remember on his Strava? I I don't think it was this, you know, this way after a while, but when he first, when I first met him on or whatever on his uh, Strava, it was like, not that Michael Myers. Yeah. <laughs> it was like such a funny thing. Yeah. Like, so I'm like, Dr. Evil's like reaching out to go yeah. for a ride with me yeah. here. So, um, <laughs> anyhow, I get this ping and it's like, Hey, uh, I, I see that you live in canvas and, and you, you ride a lot. He's like, I, I looked you, it's your stuff on Strava. You want to go for a ride sometime, and that That's just cool. goes back to the that yeah. thing. Oh, you ride bikes. I ride bikes too. Exactly. Like, let's we're best friends. We're best friends. <laughs> so it was that that meme right there. So yeah, um, we connect and we went out on a ride. And I'm like, all right, well, who's this guy? I don't know anything about him. And more times than not, somebody says they want to go for a ride. You're usually waiting for them because they're yeah. they're not yeah. of that the, the same caliber of rider you are. Yeah, we went out on a ride and holy crap, did we tear each other's legs off? It was just <laughs> like awesome. this massive beatdown. I'm like, dude, we are now best friends. <laughs> we're not just friends; we're yeah, best friends. We're best friends now. You know, full on bromance right there. And uh, um, I got so many just just insane rides. And yeah, and like I mentioned before, when you go on rides with Mike, typically mm-hmm. there's not like a whole lot of chit chatting going on. I know. They're not social I love rides. That though, and, I love but that. yes, it's exactly it was what I thrived on. I'm like, this guy is like me. Yes. You know? So yes, it's just going out on these rides, and I can remember like he hated being cold and he hated he being wet like, to a degree that <laughs> yeah. was just insane. Like it could be 50 degrees out and sunny, and yeah. Mike shows up looking like the little Malta meal yes. kid yeah. or like Ralphie's little brother in a Christmas was, story. Like, hey guys, wait for me. Always had twice Literally, as much clothes yeah. on. Literally yeah. two two weeks ago. So it was like one of the sunniest Saturdays. It was either two or three weeks yeah. ago. We do the Lucia Fall Rise and like 
it was like 68 degrees by middle part of this ride. Yeah. Me and Dustin have everything off. Like I am in a, te- we are in Your kit. summer kits. Yeah. He is still in his winter gloves, the yeah. dialed cap, full arm, like just the, yeah. his entire body is covered. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he just hated being cold. Yeah. So just going out on rides, it was just kind of funny watching his like teeth yeah. t- start to chatter. And that was another catalyst for him. It's like, hey, we got to pick up the pace. I'm cold. Like, <laughs> pick maybe, up the pace. What are you talking maybe about? Maybe that's man? why like, all of his rides are tempo. Is because yeah. he's like, I got to keep my legs warm. So that was always fun comedy with him and just spending time with him in on the car rides to mm-hmm. and from races. I, I won't yeah. trade that for anything in the world. And it was always fun when there was more than just the two of us, but I really cherished the time where it was just myself and Michael and we we're driving to a race, talking about race strategy and then getting to life and getting to know him better and then finishing with a race and coming home and just talking about how mm-hmm. great it was and sharing in all the, the great little victories that we had. And again, getting to know him even better. I mean, I was super fortunate for those um, and I, I'll, I'll never forget him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, there was another time too that I'm super thankful that this the the bike mm-hmm. accident crashed from when I got hit by a car. Um, he like literally dropped everything. He was in the hospital visiting me. He was coming in to, to check up on me. He's you know co- in constant communication with my wife. What can I do to help? <clears throat> and he, again, just had that uncanny knack of like knowing how to connect, and it was just great. And then when I had to go back into the hospital for the second time, mm-hmm. I mean, it was the the post concussive syndrome, and I'd thrown up eight times between two o'clock and eight o'clock in the morning. It was just constant and broken mm-hmm. ribs and migraines and just, I, I, I was done. So he checks in on me that morning and my wife tells him what's going on. And he literally gave us like a, a Michael escort to the hospital, mm-hmm. the hospital where he worked and circumvented everything. And I was back in an, like an ER room being treated like almost immediately. And he's calling people, he's getting on the phone, he's directing traffic. And he made sure that I had like the best care immediately. Mm-hmm. We've all been yeah. probably to an emergency room at oh, one point yeah. in time. Yeah. Usually it's like, you got to sit there for oh, yeah. quite crash, some back of the line. time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, And man, he has a busy schedule. He's got crazy stuff going on his life. He's training. He's got his family. He sat there with us all day long i've got the from nine o'clock in the morning and he stayed there until i think it was like four or five o'clock in the afternoon when they finally admitted me to the hospital and i got stabilized and i was in my room and i was resting my wife had everything kind of taken care of that's when he finally left he had so many other things to do in his life and he just dropped everything and he spent the day with me and i was like half in and out of it because of the pain meds they were putting me on so Mm -hmm. i mean half the time i was asleep but you know what he still stayed there and he kept my wife company and you know just doing the different little things that he could do while he was sitting but he never left and that's just the kind of human being that he was and yeah. I, I I can't thank him enough for not just doing that, but for teaching me some life lessons of like, this is how you treat people. And, yeah. you know, th- yeah. that lack of alehory. I mean, he was a <laughs> God, he was the definition. He was that, the definition. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, be like Mike. Really. When I uh, when I when I had my my back injury a year ago, um, I had I had seen my uh, my my orthopedic surgeon and they wanted me to get an MRI. So I went to um make an appointment to get an MRI and you know, it was scheduled like five days out or something like that. And my orthopedic surgeon, somehow Michael found out that I needed an MRI and he called me personally and said, I hear you're having back trouble, you and you need an MRI. I said, yeah, and I, they, I can't get scheduled for like five days. He said, be here at the hospital in an hour and I'll take care of it. <laughs> Man, I went, that's so what? unheard of in the medical field too. That's like, I know. 
That's I, one I, of a kind, how right? How do you do that? He's like, just get down here and I'll take care of it. And sure enough, I had an MRI within an hour. Yeah. So, and he's, I think the, I was, I was just thinking about this and Jake, it's, it's, it's interesting that you tell a story after your crash with how concerned he was for yeah. you and everything, you know, and even after my crash, which was 1% of what Jake's was, you know, I was having, it, I, I had a minor concussion at that time and Mike was texting me each day telling me like, how's your screen time? You still getting migraines? Like every single day texting me and he kept on telling me, he's like, if this is in one week, you're coming in yeah. and you know, we're, we're getting you in to see somebody. But I think the, the thing that was so wild to me is that, you know, when, when Mike would crash or get injured, it's almost like he never thought of himself in any way. You know, he would, I mean, the guy ignored punctured lungs for like his yeah. pain, to- his, his discomfort tolerance for what he was going through was so high. It's like the guy was only concerned with the discomfort of people around him and just couldn't even process his own pain, you know, would never yeah. acknowledge. And I mean, like, like, like we all talked, like there was, I forget what ride it was. He had crashed like the day before. And by the end of the ride, we kind of looked down at his hip. He had like had some road rash. He was like bleeding through his kit. Yeah. And he just realized I was like, oh, I think I just got to get a new bib. We're like, <laughs> what happened? He's like, oh, I crashed yesterday. Like he hadn't even met, like not even had mentioned it until somebody was like, yeah. you're bleeding through your kit right now. And yeah. Yeah, that just, is one so, thing that he did do well. <laughs> he did, yeah, he was, he, he's had his fair share of go He ignored crashes pretty yeah. well. Yeah. And it's just you want to think that it's one of those things and he's just doing another one of his little stints in the hospital and I he's know. going to get released and yeah. he's going to come back and say, yeah, you know, this, this, and this happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just brush it off. Yeah. He just brush it off. Like nothing was wrong. And yeah. it's just so unfortunate it really is. Um, Lance, do you have any other stories to share about Michael? Um, just that my favorite ride I ever did with him was when it was just the two of us. Um, uh, he was in between, um, transitioning to this uh uh to this job out in tri-cities and i had recently stopped working and so it was like a random tuesday and he says hey let's go ride and i'm like sure and so just the two of us got together and of course it ended up being like 85 miles and (laughs) and for this this whole like four hour session it was me seriously trying to hold on to his wheel for 85 miles and i'm like okay is this what retirement is gonna be like for me because this is gonna this is gonna destroy me but that was and it was just a great day that we were able to spend together and so anyway that's all yeah um you know that that those are some great stories you guys and thank you for sharing and i i'm sure that as time goes on we'll have a, a bunch more that will come to mind and we'll share them over the course of time um just real quick let's just just run through our, our normal back pedal real quick and just let folks kind of know what's going on with us and then uh we do have one more segment after that so um lance what's going on what, what you been up to this last week um well uh after the the crater lake ride I actually headed um, to Lake Tahoe and um, I had this like spiritual experience riding yeah. at Crater Lake and I'm, I'm driving to Vegas cause I was, I'm meeting, I, I was meeting a couple friends here in Vegas for a couple days and decided, Hey, I'm going to detour to Lake Tahoe because I wanted to ride the flume trail, which is yeah. kind of mm-hmm. a world famous, um, uh, mountain bike trail overlooking Lake Tahoe and 
you know, I, I get here, it was a Saturday and it was like the opposite experience of Crater Lake where it was a zoo. <laughs> there were the trail looks sandy. Is it sandy up there? Um, yeah, there is there is sandy sections. It definitely made you uh, want to stay in the trail right. and not get off into the soft stuff. But um, yeah, I, I rode this Bloom Trail and this other section. I did like a twenty five mile loop that I actually I actually had to get a uh, a shuttle um, to get to the top of the loop where it would actually kind of work. But that that Flume trail was worth the zoo. So many people, but just completely gorgeous, uh, overlooking Lake Tahoe. So that was the other cool thing I did, I guess. Mm-hmm. Awesome. When are you going to be back in town, Lance? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Living the dream. He's running away from home. First world I, problems. I'm, Those aren't even first I'm, world problems. Those are first Lance problems. I know. I'm I'm gonna ride today here in Vegas with um with a couple of friends and then I think I'm gonna spend a day in St. George doing some more riding and then I'll meet up with my kids in Salt Lake area and then I'm gonna drive back on Friday because I wanna be here for I want to be back in Vancouver for Michael's uh, celebration of life, which yeah. will be on Saturday the seventeenth. So, yeah, I'll, I that I'll be back for that. Good, good. All right, how about you, uh, Evan? Um, this this last week was you know just another kind of busy work week with some good training tossed in there. Been swimming a lot lately. Okay. Me and Matt are probably going to grab a swim together after yep. this. Hopefully. We still on for that? Yeah. Okay, good, good. But yeah. Um, just plugging along, you know, uh, Saturday did a, did a really, we, we got lucky with just a beautiful day Saturday by the afternoon. Um, it was cold, which for me, I feel bad even saying cold because I spent so many years riding in Ohio and that's like real cold. You know, like Ohio, (laughs) Michigan's like, you're going out in like 10 degree weather. There's always the chance of snow. Like, like it was like 38 degrees when we started the ride on Saturday and I was like, this is too cold. And I could feel myself just getting softer. I'm like, Oh, come on, man. Harden up. Like, it's 30, it's almost 40 degrees, (laughs) but, um, it was wild because, you know, we had, we, we did the bridge of the gods ride and it was like dead wind the entire time, which was so, I mean, if you look outside today, it's like trees are blowing over. So it was weird that Saturday there was just no wind the entire ride, but, um, made for a, you know, a great, a great ride along there. So the views are great. The sun came out. It was, it was just a good day. And it wasn't, you know, it's probably gotten to the 46, 47 range, which is completely fine. So yeah. I just need to get better at riding in cold again. Yeah. 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 How about you, Matt? Did you uh, survive the whole yeah. swooshy thing going on right. last week? Last, <laughs> um, last week, I was not on the podcast. Um, okay. So first of all, I went to the state meet with my high school mm-hmm. kiddos. Um, and so that was like overnight trip, a lot of work on, that was like Friday, Saturday, high school kids, um, girls got third, which was excellent for them. Guys got third also, which was not as good. Has Uh, that ever happened before that your guys and girls team got the same place at state? No, not, not since I've been around. Okay. Not in the past five or six years. Yeah. Um, you know, our guys were strong enough that they potentially could have won the whole thing. So, um, they were seven points from winning. So, I mean, it's, they did, you know, they, they were fine. It's just not and, and you know and it's just like in the cross-country world seven points is not a not lot much. of points not much i mean yeah it's it, you know i yeah i'm so not the gonna top t- three teams were all within seven points yeah. of each other wow yeah. oh, and man. and i think we were i mean we had the team that won we had beat the week before 
So uh, it's it's okay. Oh. Yeah, it's okay. Who it's, won? Uh, Tahoma. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, great. I love you know I love that team. They're super nice, great coaches, good people. Um, so I'm happy that they won. And I I mean I told them after I was like I'm kind of glad you guys won. You know I mean yeah. other than us I want us to win. But uh, that's a good group of people for sure. So that's that's good. And uh, so that was great. Came back late on Saturday night. Like we always get back late and, you know, you're always, you have to put away all the team stuff. So you're, you're getting home super late at night and then turn around the next morning. I did catch like one kid soccer game or something like that. And then off to, um, Beaverton Nike, which is just, um, it's close to where we live. Uh, it's just on the other side of Portland, um, and started Sunday night. Phil Knight's kingdom. Yes. <laughs> we worked, um, every night till like one in the morning. So wake up and try to get to the campus, Nike campus before traffic, and then just work all the way until they kicked us out of there. Um, so in, in one way that's good because you get a lot, you know, I get paid more, the more I work. So, uh, that is good. The other, the problem with it is like, there's no time to train. Like you can barely, you can can barely stay awake. Um, so my back pedal, uh, I'm working really well towards, um, you know, getting in that Clydesdale division. <laughs> <laughs> the bad, do they have a Clydesdale? No. What was Clydesdale? your for, for Ironman? Uh, in oh, Ironman, I don't know if they do. They do. do I'm pretty. Yeah. I'm, ooh, wait, I bet you they do. Ironman, do they? I don't know, but they have it on almost. USAT all has that division. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, the, I don't have any power to back God, it up. You would dominate that division. No, just, I wouldn't because I don't have the power. The on. I don't have any. <laughs> I don't have any power to back up the Clydesdale. Uh, so, um, so yeah. So there's that. You know, some positive takeaways from sure. From were you a big coffee guy during this or I how did. do you so I've been trying to, I, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast but like I've been trying to go basically decaf so I've been decaf for a couple months like doing fine with decaf I love I love it um but I did switch back on to some caffeine mm-hmm. so then you actually have and, and for any of you guys that race or whatever this is one of you know a very small tip is what you can do is uh-huh. you can go you can go decaf or you can go you know no coffee for a while prior to your race a month or something like that and then uh, you may have some like withdrawal symptoms, uh, but then, um, you know, the day of your race or whatever, your caffeine is going to be, mm-hmm. it's going to take a little bit stronger effect yeah. on your system. I always try to so. take a week off caffeine before yep. a big race. Yeah. yeah. When you wake up and drink that, ca- it's like, you're like, Ooh, oh, wow. You this are is amped. Functional. Right. You know, <laughs> it's not like your normal cup of this coffee. This is what caffeine's supposed to do. <laughs> it's what it's supposed to do. Right. So, um, so yeah, but I was still like falling asleep while I was working. It was hard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> but, um, you know, that made it through that survived. Uh, do you get some time off work now? Yeah, not really. I have another project. Um, but it's nothing like that. I mean, okay. every, every day was at least 14 hours. So, Jeez. um, it's just unfortunate to, to basically, you know, not have a week of working out, you know, I was, we're gonna, I'm going to swim with you today and I'm like, yeah. hope I can swim. Hope I remember how. <laughs> so don't worry. You're not going to be getting much out of me today. So we'll okay. be fine. Good, yeah. good, good, good. Yep. All right. <laughs> uh, you got wait. I'm I'm being interrupted by my two buddies. You you've heard me talk about um, Ryan Lee. Uh huh. Yeah. Pod- Say hi, Ryan. Can you yell? Hello, interweb. Nice. <laughs> and, Ryan, and I'm, I'm your biggest here. fan. I'm also here with uh, Steve Waldrip as well. Oh, is this who, the world uh, famous politician? To do for uh, mid afternoon nutrition. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome! <laughs> you got some bacon. It's your choice. Oh, uh, yeah. We need to do some nutrition, apparently. Yeah. So <laughs> the Boulder Boulder, uh, you know, they give you bacon in the middle of it. I asked for it in the middle of a five 
5K once, yeah. and uh, that was unpleasant for about one day, <laughs> yeah. the, 10, uh, the 10K. Is that with or without sponge, Steve? <laughs> that, was, that was prior to sponging. God, Lance, they're a lot funnier than you. Can we just have Ryan and Steve yeah, just on the podcast sure. from now on? Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Good to see you. Yeah. Um, my back pedal was, again, more of the same. Nice. Yeah. Can times. you give us more details? Like I, hours? <laughs> there's little improvements going on here. There's there's little there's little victories. A little bit. I mean, I did go to the doctor last week, and I got this uh, cortisone shot right in the middle of my shoulder. Mm-hmm. That needle, my God, was ginormous. <laughs> that thing was like, I just like four or five inches long. I saw it. My eyes got like the size of like silver dollars, and the doctor's like, "Oh, it's okay. Just just relax. You you won't feel too much." I'm <laughs> like, yeah, relax. He yeah. says the guy holding this massive like. I'm about oh. to stab you. Just relax. How, so, many, how many hours do you put on the trainer? Um, things were going Eight? towards nine, and okay. then um, you know, yeah, we got Michael's that, news. Yeah, and I, Friday, just, yeah. I had no motivation to ride on Thursday and Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday, I was just like, ugh, I just had, I was flat. I, well, lack yeah. of sleep, lack and of gutted, sleep. and so I ended up, I think, just getting like four and a half hours. And I was okay. probably kind you were, of getting you were due, due for, for a down week, for a rest week anyway. So mm-hmm. I, I'm just going to chalk it up to that and try and get back after it again this week so i know that you're coming back from an injury and but like kind of my secret goal is to kind of like start to do some of the similar hours on the trainer as you you know just yeah because i think i mm-hmm. i'm kind of starting from scratch as well obviously last week i put in zero but yeah. uh, <laughs> you know i think I this think is not a bad out well this is i mean this is even yeah. earlier than most of your pros are starting their off-season oh, yeah. training so don't sure. worry yeah, yeah it's time to time it to build. works really well it's just yeah. boring as hell it's yeah. it's i mean you can still kind of find some fun in it and you can connect with friends and you can do our group rides that we're doing on there you can watch Seriously, tv yeah. shows but still you're not yeah. outside riding and i I've, it's almost like i'm forgetting what it's like to ride outside because it's been so long mm-hmm. um so this has become my norm which in a weird way kind of helps a little bit so it's yeah. like all right i gotta go ride the trainer and today i gotta be on there for an hour and a half or two hours or an hour and 15 minutes and and mm-hmm. I'm, it's getting easier and it doesn't hurt as bad to sit on there for as long as my body's becoming acclimated but the nice byproduct is that my ftp is is yeah. rising quite nicely and it, i'm following my programs and I, i'm constantly bumping it up and i'm probably about ready to um jump it up again or even actually take a formal test to kind of find out where it's at. I've been kind of just like guesstimating where it's at and making adjustments accordingly. Are you following just a Zwift program or are you writing something personal? Um, I am I am following their 10 to 12 week FTP builder and I kind of go in there and tweak it a little bit um, okay. just in terms of like some of like the intensity of the segments or mm-hmm. the no segments, but the, the interval efforts all yeah. sometimes adjust them up or down, down just based on how I'm feeling. But it's it's that, looking at it, it's got a pretty solid premise behind building your oh, FTP yeah. and it's working for me. So yeah. mm-hmm. um, well, anything would work for you, to be honest. I'm not, you know, I'm not, yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not <laughs> I'm not making fun of Zwift. Obviously, I think if you listen to this podcast, you know that yeah. like, we really do like Zwift on this podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah so and i'm incorporating it's basically a five day a week program and i'm usually adding in one more day a week with the the group ride or the team ride Mm -hmm. in there and um you know sometimes an active recovery in there that's not prescribed but it's working well when is your 12 or 10 or 12 weeks up i am well i this past five weeks into it now i this past week would have been the finisher the culmination of is it week seven or eight oh okay you're a little bit further along it's it's right right in there so um I've, i've probably got about say anywhere from like three to five weeks left of yeah. this this 10 to 12 week builder. well so. in february yeah so and then the doctor has me doing like little sets of actually getting my arms out to the hoods and mm-hmm. um before the actual um cortisone shot that i got 
it was like I could barely get my hand almost there, and now I can get my hand to the hood. And uh-huh. the basically the two things of um, the cortisone shot and then having Evan mm-hmm. torture the crap out of me, <laughs> crank on it for a little bit, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> has actually helped me quite a bit. And um, even so much that I went ahead and hooked up the uh, the Wahoo climb that I have on there to start yeah. kind of that was the first thing I noticed when I came in today is that that thing's centered now. Yeah, yeah. so the the bars aren't turned and I'm trying to spend a little bit of time on there and that's what the doctor wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, building up my tolerance to that and I'm hopeful that I can yeah. in the next like couple of weeks be able to do already, a already full big session improvements with, in a week and yeah. two considering how long this progression has been. I mean, yeah. huge improvements in the yeah. last ten days. And the funniest part of last week. Uh, not mm-hmm. that last week was great by any means at all, but there was one little shining funny spot. So I went in to see the doctor and he has mm-hmm. this physician's assistant who's actually been working with me through this whole process. And she's awesome. Mm-hmm. She came in oh. and she was doing all the measurements and she's checking out everything. And she's like, all right, do this, that, and the other. And, and she's like, Oh, I can feel it. It's finally moving. And I'm like, Oh gee, thanks. You know, like, and she's like, your shoulder doesn't look like, like, is it me? emaciated? Is it normally does? Like it's kind of filling out a little bit. And then she's like moving all around. She just looks at me dead in the eye. She's like, your shoulder sucks. <laughs> just straight up. Like your shoulder sucks. <laughs> I just started laughing. Like, he can like, hear you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you're hundred percent right. It totally sucks. And she's like, okay, we're going to get you taken care of though. And she's like, I think we need to do a cortisone shot and the doctor will come in and yeah. chat with you more about that. So that, that was like the one little part this week that made me laugh appreciate mm-hmm. them so yeah other than that it was just soccer and um soccer's finally done done like no more soccer my daughter's soccer tournament wrapped up and they mm-hmm. finished i think like fourth or something oh, like nice. that in there so maybe even third mm-hmm. um girls play great and now sh- the only thing that i have the only commitment that i have to kids sports right now is taking the kids to sunday swim um at 11 o'clock so there you nice go. yep yeah and then other than that it's just been kind of trying to wrap my head around life right now and um yeah. soaking it all in Mm-hmm. Like everybody else, I mean, we're not the only ones that are hurting from this whole thing. There's a yeah. lot of people out there, and there's a lot of outrage and a lot of sad folks. Um, yeah. So we'll get yeah. through this, hopefully. And uh, Saturday will be nice for yeah. everybody to get together yeah. and yeah, be able to talk about Mike. Yeah. yeah. Okay, our topic today, it's going to be discussing something that while in the moment – we were all like beating our heads against the wall and scratching yeah. our heads like, wh- why doesn't he have this set up? And basically that's real-time activity tracking. And there's a couple different things that you can use. Now, hindsight being 2020, looking back, this wouldn't have changed anything. But yeah. while we were in the no. moment, um, <clears throat> basically I got a call from his wife at four o'clock mm-hmm. in the afternoon. And I was just getting ready to work with a, a, a client. And I'm like, oh, gosh, um, you know, and then I reached out to Sean Martin to ask him if he helped. But long story short, she's like, he was supposed to be home at 2.30. It's 4 o'clock. Do you happen to know who he was riding with just so we can check in with him? She's like, I'm going to kick his butt again because, you know, he knows that yeah. like little things like this happen drive me nuts. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're trying to figure this stuff out. And, and Sean puts out like a, a notification on our um our, our team's Facebook page and then all of a sudden we've got all kinds of people asking questions or have you tried here and the, the people start researching his Strava page and finding mm-hmm. out what, what um, places that he likes to do his riding and we finally figured out what bike he was on but all the while we're like well can to his wife can you just like do the, the find my friends because you know for me it's like my yeah. wife and I we've we use that thing all the time so we know where each other are at and you know, mm-hmm. just pull it up and it GPS locate your phone. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, we never set that up. I'm like, well, how about the um, Garmin Live Track? Do you guys use that? Well, he has it, but he just he doesn't use it. I'm like, well, Strava Beacon? And she's like, no. And yeah. like, he had all of the best technology, 
but he didn't employ it. And that, that was yeah. a, you know, just kind of one of those things like he wanted the best and he had the best and he just didn't always take the time to learn how to use certain parts of it. Like the guy yeah. knows his way around a power meter and a training program, like uh, nobody's yeah. business, but yeah. there's certain little bits of technology. It's like, why didn't you use this? And while we were in the moment, we all thought that he got hit by a car yeah. and that he was in a ditch somewhere and that, yeah. you know, we need to go find him. We need to save his life. Why aren't you using these things? So and you you actually drove around, right? Like, I I spent about two hours in the car driving yeah. around all the places you were, where you he were would out go. there all all evening. I mean that was yeah. I know. finished up with my client at like four thirty or four forty five, and I drove around from mm. basically then, and I didn't get home until after seven o'clock. Yeah, and had to bring my daughter because my daughter was with me because the kids didn't have school last week, and she's mm-hmm. you know hungry and falling asleep in the back of the car. I'm like, but she was being a super helpful helpful yeah. little helper with me. But finally had to bring her back. And at this point in time, it's like after seven, seven thirty, and I've got people calling me and texting me. I, in that twenty-four hour time period, I'm not just saying this. I don't think I've ever had more communications via text and email and messenger and just smoke signals. The whole bit, just like it was just blowing up nonstop. And so I'm sitting there, and I want to go back out and help, but I'm just getting so many messages from all these different people, and we're trying to like play air traffic control to where to send people, and we had different ideas where he might be. I mean, yeah, there was a big span of where the search was, and finally the. you know, the police were able to work with uh, Verizon to mm-hmm. kind of get an idea of triangulate where his phone might be. But because they didn't have access to the GPS and because they weren't able to use the, the, the tracking systems, they weren't able to find out exactly where it was at. But they gave us basically about a one mile radius of where his phone was was ping pinging mm-hmm. so we basically dropped a pin on there put it up on our social media and like immediately everybody's like i'm out i'm, I'm leaving right now i'm heading over there there was like people driving all over the place and people that were out there were like floored at how many people were looking for michael i mean yeah. one of our teammates was going to yeah. drive up from newburgh that's an hour away he yeah. wanted to be a part of that helping process i mean that's a phenomenal community but we were all out there trying to do this stuff and it's just like if he had just used one of those things we could have found him and saved yeah. a lot of grief but thinking about the takeaways from this Mm -hmm. again there's nothing we could have done to change that if if we if he did use those things it wasn't going to change anything yeah but just for our future safety like let's let's be more connected people let's not be so like oh i'm scared to share my location or you know it's technology and that that's hard for me yeah i will take the time to sit down with you and teach you the very basic steps i mean my wife even is like nervous about this and she's an avid runner and now i get a a text message from her um, devices that that says all right she's on a run she's on a run and i'm using the the garmin live track and what's beautiful about that is i can actually pull it up and it's live it will Mm -hmm. show me exactly where she's at what kind of pace she's running at and and it's just you, you know what's going on so matt why don't you talk to us a little bit more about like maybe some of the different services out there you're, sure. you're a very techie guy and Mr. <laughs> app developer sure, i mean sure. which ones would you recommend well if um i think the one that i take you kind of mentioned a lot of them um there's there's so many good options for sure the one that i use the most is find my friends with my mm-hmm. my <laughs> wife and i we always share our location constantly so, and with that application you you do have the option if you're if you are a little bit scared of privacy um, you can share your location for an hour. You can share your location for 24 hours, or you can share your location indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think probably it's best to just go ahead and share indefinitely, because again, you know, yeah, if you forget that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, you're on you're 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 on someone's list. They probably don't care that much 
of, you know, of like where you are, unless they're trying to meet you up for a bike ride or um, if it happens to be your spouse and they're stalking you. Uh, but my <laughs> wife and I joke all the time about like the fact that, yeah, you know, like I was stalking you. That means like I was looking to see where you were. Um, if I'm any on any sort of trip or whatever it is, and she can kind of usually without, you know, having to ask me or whatever it is, she can kind of see like, okay, you know, I'm traveling back from the high school state meet and I'm here and here and here. And then she starts to think, okay, well, he'll probably be home around midnight or whatever it is. So mm -hmm. she can kind of get an idea, um, just tracking that way. But any of you guys that cycle, which I assume if you're listening to this podcast, that is a lot of you, uh, take the time to, um, put these applications on your phone. Mm -hmm. Um, there are Android, you know, counterparts to this. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think find my friends is also on Android. It is. Yeah. Um, and it's the life 360 app on Android. And it's just, it's just not super difficult. Uh, again, like for this, it's like great because you can set it and forget it. Right. Yeah. And then, um, you know, if you're even if you're meeting up with someone new, right? Like uh, Nathan, we talked about him on this podcast mm -hmm. a few times or whatever. It's like, you know, he's going to be biking this way, and I might run into him or I might not, and I'll yep. send him a I'll send him a little like, here's my location, yeah, and share it for a you know a day or something like that, and so mm -hmm. he can see, you know, um, that's how we met up with you on that ride. Yeah, yeah if mm -hmm. he takes a left yep. turn and and you know whatever it is, then then we can ride together for a little bit, even yeah. if it's for a little bit, you know, it's great. So, so there's some serious positives to that for sure. Uh, the other thing that my wife and I try to do is say like, here's where I'm going to ride today. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm heading out, <clears throat> which is kind of hard to do, um, cause sometimes yeah. I'll go ride and, and she'll be at work or whatever it is, but we'll just say like, here's roughly the route that I'll do. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the good thing about that is, you know, if there's something that happens to me, like she'll probably call Jake or she'll yeah. call Evan or exactly. whatever. And if they exactly. say, Oh, he's going to go ride Prune Hill. Mm -hmm. um, you know where I'm going to go. Like you know exactly. the normal. You know the normal routes. Exactly, or yeah. if if I tell my wife I'm going to go ride Vancouver Lake, my wife might not know those routes, mm -hmm. but she knows the people that know those routes. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, but yeah, the and the apps are great too because um, again, so Garmin Live Tracker is great. If you know you can get more stats that way, you can get kind of real time updates. Jake mentioned this earlier. He said, you know, I can see what pace she's running. Mm -hmm. So that's super cool. Um, for my, you know, bang for the buck, uh, you do have to kind of remember to start your Garmin live tracker. Uh, so for my bang for the buck, I think, you know, using something like find my friend is slightly better just because yeah. you don't ever have to think about it. You just start and, and you that's, go. And that was, this entire thing was a, a tragic, sad, <laughs> but wake up call for me because anybody listens podcast enough knows that I am technologically not gifted by any means. So yeah. for, for me, it was you know, I just downloaded the find my friends thing yep. right here and it's going to be something that I turn on each time I go on a ride yeah. now. So, yeah, it, you know, especially, especially for me being somebody who, you know, I mean, my, my situation's different than, you know, yep. Mike, Lance, Matt, or Jake's is that if I'm gone for a while, I mean, you know, my, my, my girlfriend Cassie may at right. some point be like, you know, I know he was out on a ride today, but it could be a long time before somebody notices that I'm gone. So yeah. that's, yeah. Yeah. And you know, I went on all these run long runs growing up or whatever it is mm -hmm. and you would just be gone. Yeah. Just gone. I remember training in Ada, Ohio. I mean, there's like there's parts of Ada, Ohio where I'd be on a two hour ride and not see a car. Yeah. So it's, there's yeah, and that was when I had a flip phone. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing yeah, um I want to talk to Lance about is is maybe considering like a, a a small satellite device. They have these very small um, devices where, and I think you can pay like monthly or yearly for them. Um, and you can just kind of be like, you know, uh, 
if there's an emergency, you know, you hit this satellite phone. Um, Lance does a lot of these rides where he's on gravel roads and yeah. he doesn't see anyone for a long Out time. In the middle of in nowhere, the middle of nowhere. Vegas, and, yeah. and that's the one spot where maybe some of these apps would fail is if there's no cell phone coverage. There's no, if there's no coverage. Yeah. Usually like with, with, with find my friends and find my iPhone, it, it's GPS, which yep. has a, a, a lot better connectivity yeah. than your cell service the live 360 one is gps so, yeah. right all of yeah. those are using gps and it's sending that gps data over cellular so, so it's got a broadcast because gps somehow. is yes yeah. you know gps is, is kind of one directional right like you can locate yourself very very specifically um but it's one directional you're locating yourself not other people locating you so to send yeah. that data of where you are it's sent over cellular so the one thing you know you'll see is like your GPS can continue to work and you can kind of locate yourself even when your cellular signal you know doesn't exist if if they have the map, uh, if you have the map data, which can be pre-downloaded to your phone, um, which is cool, right? So you might even be able to be like you know you might be able to see your dot moving and stuff like that on your phone and the map data itself, the tiling of the maps aren't getting updated because you don't have any cellular data. So right, um, I, so I I have found that on several rides, especially in these mountain bike rides where I get into areas where there's yep. no coverage, right? But I can I I had pre-downloaded a map and yep. I can see my dot on a map, so yep. I actually mm -hmm. go the right direction. Yeah. <laughs> so Lance, would you consider something like that, like a satellite device for you know like emergency situations where? If it was uh, 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 small enough, then yeah, I think I would. I they're mean, there's small. They're they're kind of cell phone size ish. It'll I've just be been in so many situations where, or where I make a spur of the moment decision. Yep. It, like Lake Tahoe yesterday or the day Saturday was a was a perfect example. I was not planning on going to Lake Tahoe. Right. It was like, hey, Lake Tahoe is 45 minute out of the way. I'm I'm gonna go ride the Flume Trail, and on yeah. my way there, I'm like texting my wife, which I, which I would never do in a situation like this. Yep. Yep. I, I wouldn't text her and say, hey, by the way, this is where I am. I'm taking I'm taking a side trip to Lake Tahoe and I'm going to ride the flume trail. But man, after Mike, I did that like every four hours with Brandy. Right. I'm supposed to be on this ride for about three hours and then I'm going to be driving to Vegas from there. I just she because I was freaked out. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe a satellite device like that could be beneficial if you know you're going to be riding in an area where. For mountain bikers, you know, that service seems to be very, very valuable. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Does Garmin sell something like that? I feel like they do. It's it's something I'm we sure can we can look up. I believe they do. They have a little handheld device for yeah. Garmin. Yeah. Uh, GPS stuff. So. Yeah. Well, I know they do that for hikers. You can take yep. an emergency yep. beacon with you yeah. for hikers. So, and I know on the um, ride across America rides, it's a requirement. It is uh, to have the um, the little satellite beacon device yep. so that's how they actually do the track the, the tracking the yep. race tracking yeah. yeah and there's there's a number of different companies that sell those devices um but i do think garmin is one of them gotcha so. um <laughs> i just had to sneak out because my coffee lease was up and i came back in so i'm not quite sure if you guys discussed this part did you get into the the crash detection that's built into the garmin software um for a lot of the we edge units no, no we haven't talked about that so that's another one that's kind of got a neat feature it's a neat feature that's built into a lot of the yeah. units. So if you're cruising along and then all of a sudden you become stationary or I think even go down. It, it does I, like an impact detection, right? Exactly. So, so, so in there. 
it well you can set it up and you can predefine who the Garmin is going to contact but it will basically send a message to your phone through Garmin Connect if I'm not mistaken and then mm-hmm. your whoever person is that you have set up on the other end will get a notification right. that you have stopped and you can you know kind of figure out what's right. going on from there and so yeah and the way that one works too is like your phone <coughs> will get that message and it will send it along uh, and you have a certain amount of time I don't remember exactly how much time it is five or ten seconds bef- so you can cancel the message yeah. so you know if you're fine or whatever it is right like uh, if you you know drop your head unit and it thinks that that was a crash or whatever you know you're going to get a, the message through your phone it's going to be buzzing and then so you can cancel it um, before it, it scares your, your wife half to death. Um, but, um, so those are great tools for sure. Yeah. I think that that's just another thing. I mean, we've got all this great technology. We just need to use it Yeah, because mm-hmm. you never yeah. know when something's going to go sideways. Like every ride you're going to go out and you're like, I'm going for a ride. I'm going to go mm-hmm. out and do my thing and I'm going to come back and get back to my day. You never know when it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, it's like when I have yeah. my incident, my little crash, um, you know, my wife had no idea. I was supposed to be home at about eight fifteen, and like it's like after nine o'clock. Granted, that time of year, it's yeah. still sunny out, and she's like, "Well, that's kind of his mo." He says he's gonna be home, at, right. you know, in yeah. two hours, and it's always like two and a half or three hours sometimes. And yeah. usually, I'll try and, and contact her and let her know that we're yeah. running a little late. But she had no idea. Mm-hmm. She the her first um, contact was the hospital calling her to let her know that I was yeah. in the oh. hospital. So, yeah. you know. Had I had that, I I didn't have that crash detection thing set up. But if I did, she would have got a message, and she would know yeah. that something happened, and she could have been yeah. more on top of me and what I had going on. So, so, so for her, I'm I'm guessing that she has you know find a friend on her. You guys are connected. yeah, we are connected. Yeah. So, um, I'm sure she, I mean, you're not always looking at it, right? So it's just like she wasn't worried. If she was worried about you, she would just stalk you. She was you. starting to get to that that point. I right. mean, she was putting the kids to bed and the kids are like, where's dad? You know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and she's like, oh, he's still not back from his ride. He'll be, he should be back pretty soon. Yep. But um, yeah. And then uh, did you lose your phone in the crash? I can't remember. I did. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it flew out and it got kind of in the broken yeah. pretty good. So if she was looking for you, she would have looked in the wrong spot or yeah, something. she would have found me in the bushes in Washougal. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, there's still other technologies out there where she can actually like track all my stuff. And had I been using everything, had I been using the, yep. the, the Garmin, um, live track, like her, she would have found my bike at the, the police department because mm-hmm. they had taken it to the police department. Yeah. She would have found my phone oh, in the bushes. Yeah. She wouldn't, she wouldn't have actually found me, she but she could have, all the tracking devices. but yeah, I'm sure if she sees that my bike's at the campus police department, she could call down there and say, Hey, what's yeah. going on? And then they can tell her what's, what's yeah. up. But, um, yeah. she could have like truncated that whole process quite a bit to, to figure out where I was at, what was going on with me. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, technology folks use yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Please. Yeah. It's, uh, it's all, all there for us to help each other out. And mm-hmm. Don't be uh, bashful about connecting with your friends and letting them know where your location's at or setting up your device to make sure that you send out a message to somebody that can keep tabs on where you're at so that we can, we can help you out. Mm-hmm. Don't want you to, to go down. You know, I think it's important for our listeners to know, I mean, the reason this all came up is because we, we had like a five-hour time frame where most of the team was in panic looking for yeah. Yeah. Michael. And we had no idea where he was or how to find him. And if if one of these things had been activated, we would have found him within minutes. Yep. And so that's that's why this the importance of the stuff kind of all of a sudden became paramount. Yeah, absolutely. 
it's just another takeaway from what has transpired. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I think that we uh, covered all that quite well. <laughs> if you guys have any questions about how to use any mm-hmm. of that stuff, by all means, reach out. Um, just ping us on Facebook and heck, just you know, name and phone number. I'll pick up the phone and give you a call, or somebody will give you a call, and we'll we'll make sure that you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's 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 get into one last thing here and mm-hmm. uh, wrap this thing up. Uh, Evan, yeah. one last thing from you. Um, I think, I think the, you know, the, the, the one last thing that, that I just want to say with this whole situation, I'm sure it's what we're all thinking, what we all want to say, um, is just, I hope that I know, I know his kids are young right now, but I hope that his kids can take some, some peace from this situation and realizing that, you know, their, their, their father was a, a, a 51 year old man who lived a very complete and incredible life in 51 years there's a lot of people who live 51 years and don't do right two percent of the stuff that mike myers did yeah and that's i hope that they can take from that that their father's an inspiration to a lot of people and that they can take solace in that and know that maybe you know one day they don't need to be afraid to get on a bike that their father loved cycling and that their father loved working long hours too and helping people and hopefully they can take some of those qualities from their dad and, and really yep. employ them in their own life through this, this tragedy. And, you know, I can't imagine, I think none of us can imagine what they're going through, but just knowing that their, their father wasn't just some guy, this was, yeah he, he was a stalwart in this community and he was something yeah. really special. So yeah. I just, you know, I just want his, his, his kids to know that. So gotcha. Matt, one last thing. Uh, yeah, definitely at a loss for words for sure. Um, we, we weren't sure if we should do a podcast and I'm, I am glad that we did a podcast. I really wanted to talk about some of the concerns I have. Um, you know, I wanted to hear what you guys had to say. I wanted to just, you know, absolutely share stories about Michael. Um, I think it's therapeutic for all of us. Um, and I hope any of our listeners, um, feel some solace from just, you know, any, any piece that they can take away from this. Um, and you know, I, I want you guys all to know, like, I do feel like this podcast is a a family. Um, we may joke around a lot on this podcast, but I want everyone that listens to this podcast, like you should know that you are cared about. Um, we, you know, I just feel like this group is fantastic. And I think of, of people that, you know, I'm not as tight with in our, our team and things like that. And just know, like, I absolutely do care about you guys. I care about you and I care about your families. So, um, and, and thank you so much for anyone that's a part of our, our group here. So Lance, one last thing, Bob. I, I think that, uh, Evan and Matt both said it really well. You know, this has obviously been a, a difficult week and it would be, have been much more difficult if I didn't feel the love and concern and support of you three and of my teammates and of the cycling community and from my family. And so it's, we're going to miss Mike for sure. He leaves a big void, but it certainly was very therapeutic to be able to sit with you guys, even if it's over Skype and talk about these things and share kind of what Michael meant to us and what he did for us each personally. So thank you guys for that. I'm glad we did this. Good. Um, for me, it's just, I'm going to miss Michael tremendously. Uh, he, some people do and some people don't know this, but when dialed 
kind of came to life. Um, it was an idea that I had, and I had this this concept of a team. It might have been a little idealistic, but it it probably wouldn't be as special as I'm not going to even say probably. It would not have been as special as it is today without Michael, because he was the very first person I went to and I said, "Hey, I want to start a team." And here's kind of what I was thinking, and it kind of you know went through a, a couple bullet points and said, "You interested in, in, in helping me mm-hmm. with this and being on the team?" And I, I can't say it on the the podcast, but you know, basically, it was absolutely. And you can <laughs> you can input some other yes. uh, some other adjectives <laughs> and modifiers in there. But uh, he was super excited about that, and man, we had such fun sitting down and talking about um, all of the things that we wanted and and the things that we thought were going to be special to the the team and how we wanted to be different. We wanted to be, um, you know, basically a group of people that that did more than just ride and race bikes and mm-hmm. i think a lot of that has come to light and i'm gonna miss him terribly um he has done so much for so many people behind the scenes um but i will take away from this whole you know catastrophic loss of you know who michael was and and what it was that he meant to the team and i want to make sure that i do my best to make him proud and mm-hmm. do my best to kind of walk in his shoes and, and, and borrow from what kind of a person he was and inject that into my personal life so that I can, you know, mm-hmm. try and be just, you know, some certain percentage of who he was. Um, I want to be able to give that back. So I'm um, going to miss you, Mike. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, one more little thing. Um, Michael's celebration um, will be on November 17th. Uh, the time and the location are actually being worked out today. Uh, if you guys knew Michael, um, just kind of keep tabs on what's going on on our social media. We'll get that mm-hmm. posted out, and there'll be invites for all of you guys who want to come say goodbye to him and celebrate his life, the, the vibrant man that he was. And we are actually doing something to try and help the family out. So his wife, as you can imagine, is just absolutely crushed. I mean, they were together for a lot of years. Uh, I, I want to say it was like 20 years, and they've got mm-hmm. two young children who are 12 and 7. Um, those boys are crushed as well. And for a family, the last thing you want to be worrying about is putting together all these arrangements. So we've had a tremendous outpouring of support and a tremendous uh, list of people who wanted to contribute and help in some way, shape, or form. So one thing that we're going to do is we're going to plan the entire celebration process. And um, mm-hmm. you know that's going to take a lot of the load off of his wife's shoulders, hopefully. And you know we'll obviously take input from her in terms of how she wants it to look and feel mm-hmm. so that we can do our best to you know celebrate Michael. But um, in addition to that, we want to actually foot the bill for this thing. So mm-hmm. um, I worked with, uh, with um, Sean Martin and his wife, Gypsy, on putting together a GoFundMe thing. And they, they did a fantastic job of putting that together. And we put it up on social media. And I'm absolutely floored. They're like, well, we have to put a total in like what our goal is to raise for money. And we're like, you know, just put $5,000 because we know that that'll cover everything and then some. And then any mm-hmm. extra monies that are there, we're going to make a charitable contribution to some sort of um, philanthropy that was near and dear to um, mm-hmm. to Michael and Yolanda. And we're not even 24 hours into posting this thing. We've almost already met that $5,000 mark, and it just floors me. And that just is, again, testament to how much Michael touched people out there and, and really had a positive impact on their life or an influence on their life. And people are just wanting to give back. And it's going to be awesome to be able to put on a, a great celebration to celebrate his life. And it'll be even better to let Michael's legacy live on through um, a charitable contribution, um, whether it be to you know cancer research or something to do with cycling. Uh, 
either way, I think that it's going to be pretty phenomenal. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for what the team has done. I'm excited for who the team has become and, and, and how he ha- helped shape and mold that and what mm-hmm. kind of an example he is. And people are, are paying it back in, 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 you know, in dividends. And it's just awesome. I, yeah. I thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. So um, any any parting thoughts, guys? Anything else you want to say? I mean, Jake, you, you put it pretty well there. I think Mike really just embodied dialed. I mean, the what what you've built and what the type of teammate that you always talk about that we want to bring onto this team. I mean, yeah. that teammate was was yeah. Dr. Michael Myers. I mean, yeah. that that's exactly who that person yeah. is. So yeah. it's gonna be yeah. missed. So Yeah. Okay. Um, you guys just uh, if you have anything that you want to add our uh, social media is always there. You can ping us on the at dial podcast on Facebook, or you can email any of us, our first names at dialpodcast.com. Um, reach out and we'd love to hear from you. Um, hopefully we'll see a bunch of you guys this coming Saturday. And if you uh, need anything else, don't hesitate to ask. Uh, Lance, ride carefully, bud. Travel yep. safe. Have a good day. Say hi to all the guys down there and <laughs> keep having fun with them uh evan thank you for coming in thank you and sharing all your stories and same for you matt thank, thank you for you. coming in Absolutely. and good to have you back in studio this week um folks for listening we appreciate you and ride safe and we'll hopefully uh talk to you again very soon bye for now